0: This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist, keeping my eye on the economy every day for you, with no bluster, no bias, and no bull. June 8, 2020. No economic releases today, so I'm just going to share a few tidbits uh, on a few things. The ECB is putting out a 600 billion billion euro stimulus boost as it slashes their growth forecast. They're going to buy an extra 600 billion euros of bonds while slashing its forecast for growth and inflation. Christine Lagarde, the ECB president, said the region was experiencing an unprecedented contraction, adding that severe job and income losses and exceptionally elevated uncertainty had led to a significant fall in both consumer spending and investment. The increase in the ECB's pandemic emergency purchase program was bigger than most economists had expected, taking it to 1.35 trillion euros in total. The additional bond buying will lift the ECB's total asset portfolio to more than 4 trillion euro, about a third of eurozone GDP. Right now, we're at about 3 trillion from the Fed, which is about a seventh of our GDP. So so the ECB's bond buying is much bigger than the Fed's relative to their GDP. The ECB predicted an 8.7% contraction in the Eurozone this year, a record per, a record post-war recession, before a rebound to growth of 5.2% next year and 3.3% in 2022. The ECB also slashed its inflation forecast to 0.3% this year, 0.8% next year, and 1.3% in 2022, all well below its target for price growth of below, cl- below but close to 2%. Germany is launching its own stimulus. Uh, Germany has become the first big European country to announce a a post-coronavirus stimulus with a package of significant extra spending, tax cuts, and help for businesses worth 130 billion euros. The centerpiece is a surprise 3% reduction in value-added tax. Families will receive a one-off bonus of 300 euro per child, a measure that will cost 4.3 billion euro. American Airlines, uh, said it would fly more than half of its domestic flight schedule in July. That's great news. I'm hearing more planes flying over my house these days. Sign up, the, ec- the economy is uh, picking up. American also said it will fly nearly 20% of its international schedule next month as well. All right, so what I'm going to share with you now is, well, actually I have... Couple more things to share from this email, and let's see here: uh, rating downgrades in the U.S. leveraged loan arena outnumbers f- upgrades by forty-three to one. A spree of downgrades has pushed ratings on more than a third of the $1.2 trillion in U.S. leveraged loan market to B-minus or lower, the highest share on record, as the coronavirus fallout weighs on businesses across the U.S. The weakening creditworthiness of many groups that borrow through the leveraged loan market has raised red flags for investors, even as stock markets have surged. The Fed eyes tools to help ensure recovery takes hold. The Federal Reserve meets this week after a welcome surprise on Friday when payrolls data showed that the U.S. uh, US added 2.5 million jobs in May, cutting the jobless rate to 13.3%. The Fed has already cut interest rates to zero, launched an unlimited bond-buying program, and announced 11 lending facilities. The Fed has so far ruled out negative interest rates, but another unconventional policy has gained traction among investors. Yield curve control. This is something I've never heard of before last used during the second world war calls for the central bank to set targets for u.s treasury yields and buy as many bonds as needed to maintain those levels so that suggests when that program starts that uh, the yield curve which has always er, which has been a fairly good predictor of recessions over the last several decades um not it's not always right but it's pretty close um Will, will no longer be able to be used as a leading indicator of recession because it's going to be manipulated by the Federal Reserve. So uh, it's good that they're buying treasuries, but now we're, you know, we're taking away a really big tool for investors and, and businesses to determine where the economy might be heading in the, in the near future. I find that very interesting and odd that they would do it that way. Here's another really weird thing that I haven't heard of before. Employers are operating uh, schemes that require graduates to sign contracts stipulating those who depart during a certain period of time reimburse training costs. Wow, that's just really, really strange. Employers that use the contracts defend them as a legitimate way to to fund training. The question is whether the fees are proportionate. Employers challenged have mostly forgiven the debt but settled cases out of court without setting a clear legal precedent, while graduates accept such settlements because if they lost in court, they might have to pay exit fees and both sides' legal costs. That is very strange. I've never heard about that before. Okay, now what I'm going to do is share some notes from a webinar held by the National Association of Business Economics Yesterday uh, actually it was on June 8th, and so I'm recording this on June 9th for, for June 8th. and it was basically uh, their outlook for you know the coming quarters on the, on the economy. And I'm just going to read the highlights. there's a lot here, so have a listen. The median forecast for the change in inflation-adjusted gross domestic product, which is known as real GDP, for the, from the fourth quarter of 2019 to the fourth quarter of 2020, is minus 5.6%, while the median real GDP growth estimate for 2021 is 4.8%, positive 4.8%. On an annual average basis, the panel expects real GDP to decline 5.9% in 2020, but to increase 3.6% in 2021. So... It's a little bit different measure, quarter, quarter four to quarter four versus annual average basis. So, but um, both of them are showing pretty much the same trajectory, a big drop in 2020 and uh, a nice increase in 2021. Panelists, ex- panelists expect the estimated impact of the COVID-19 on real U.S. real GDP growth will be minus 10.7% for 2020 as a whole. Quarter, quarter four over quarter four with the largest impact of minus 35.2% in quarter two 2020, quarter over quarter, annualized. Uh, So uh, the panelists expect the estimated impact of the COVID-19 on U.S. real GDP growth will be minus 10.7% for 2020. But in the previous bullet point, they said GDP is only going to decline by 5.6%, quarter four over quarter four. So this is a little bit confusing. Um, I, I guess the, I guess what they're saying here is the, the impact of COVID-19. Uh, so the, the, there must have been some offsetting positive growth that was going to lead it to a overall decline. I don't know. <laughs> this is confusing. This is confusing. I'm not sure why they have these different measures that are very different from each other. Anyway, moving on. Eight of ten panelists anticipate the economy will post the first positive quarterly change in GDP in quarter three, 2020, while 13% of panelists expect the first positive quarter over quarter change in GDP to occur in quarter four of 2020. In response to the question of when will U.S. real GDP be back to pre-COVID-19 recession recession levels, the panel is more divided, but a majority of respondents, 89%, believes that the U.S. economy will not return to its pre-COVID-19 recession level until at least the second half of 2021. A vaccine, 51%, or a successful test and trace policy that slows the COVID-19 pandemic 29 percent are seen as the greatest upside risk to the US economy. So 51 percent say the greatest upside risk is a successful test and trace policy, and 29 percent say the greatest upside risk is um, uh, the trace, poli- trace policy. So 51 percent say the greatest upside risk is a successful test and 29% say that a trace policy is the greatest upside risk. That bullet point is also confusing. I <laughs> wonder if they had an editor for this. 84% of respondents expect a reduction in U.S. companies' dependence on global supply chains, while 11% see no such reduction in dependence. 5% are unsure. Expectations for the 10-year Treasury yields have declined further since the April Flash Outlook survey. The median response suggests that the yield will close 2020 at 0.8%. This is a reduction of one-tenth of a percentage point from April. Yields are expected to rise modestly to 1.2% by year end. But um, since they did this survey, yields have been on the rise, so that bullet point is um, not super relevant anymore. The vast majority of panelists... 89% expects the federal funds rate to end the year at its current rate with an upper limit of 0.25%. So basically not expecting any changes. Panelists expect the real U.S. trade deficit to narrow from $954 billion in 2019 to $742 billion in 2020 and then widen to $848 billion in 2021. The outlook for real residential investment in 2020 has deteriorated substantially since the December 2019 survey, with the median forecast calling for a 6.6% decrease. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, panelists had ex- had expectations for a modest 1.4% growth in real residential investment in 2020. Real residential investment is expected to expand again in 2021 with a 3% median growth forecast. Home building is forecast to slow from the 2019 pace of 1.29 million starts to 1.15 million Starts in 2020 before increasing to 1.26 million starts in 2021. The pace of home price appreciation as measured by the Federal Housing Finance Agency House Price Index is expected to decelerate to 2.1% between quarter four 2019 and quarter four 2020, down from 5.2% in 2019, and then rise slightly to 2.5% in 2021. The panel expects real business inventories to be a a drag on GDP growth in 2020, and the median forecast is a decline of $105 billion in inventories in 2020. Real federal, state, and local government consumption expenditures and gross investment are expected to increase by a combined 1.5% in 2020 compared to the actual 2.3% in 2019. Excuse me. The projected fiscal year 2020 federal deficit is $3.4 trillion, up from $984 billion in 2019, and higher than the $1.075 trillion projection in the December 2019 survey. $3.4 trillion deficit. That is massive. Like I said, you're going to see either more spending cuts or higher taxes to uh, close, close the deficit in the coming years. Um, once this pandemic leaves... And then we all get back to going and doing whatever we're doing. You know, economy gets back up and going again. We're going to pay for it um, with uh, higher taxes. I I would have to say that's pretty much um, a done deal, but who knows. Panelists expect the U.S. dollar to appreciate relative to the euro by December 2020 to $1.09, slightly lower than the $1.11 per euro exchange rate in 2019. The euro is anticipated to trade at an exchange rate of 110 in December 2021. So, basically no change <laughs> over the next two years. The panel projects industrial production to contract, to contract by 12% in 2020, then expand by 2.8% in 2021. Median projection for the average monthly change in non-farm payroll employment is a decline of 1.178 million. Average monthly job growth in 2021 is expected to be 497,000. That's a lot. The median forecast calls for the unemployment rate to average 10.9% this year, the highest annual average since the inception of the data in 1948. Panelists expect the unemployment rate to gradually decline, averaging 8% in 2021. The unemployment rate averaged 3.7% in 2019. Consumer spending as measured by real personal consumption expenditures is forecast to decrease 6.4% this year. Panelists expect consumption to rise 4.4% in 2021 and it increased 2.6% in 2019. The median forecast calls for new light vehicle sales this year to average 12.8 million units, weaker than forecast in the previous few surveys. Panelists look for business investment to drop sharply this year. Real non-residential fixed investment is forecast to decline 10.8%, which would be the largest decrease since 2010. Panelists anticipate not real non-residential fixed investment to rise only gradually in 2021, rising 2%. Survey respondents expect inflation, as measured by the GDP price index, to be, slightly, or to be significantly lower in 2020 and 2021 relative to 2019. Inflation is forecast to be 1% in 2020 and 1.3% in 2021. The index increased 1.8% in 2019. So with all, all this money printing by the Fed, it's um, still not expected to lead to any inflation overall. Some things might go up, but other things might go down. Panelists expect the Consumer Price Index to rise 0.7% in 2020. Uh, Okay, so this is different from the GDP Price Index. So this is CPI, the Consumer Price Index. Uh, 0.7% in 2020, significantly lower than the actual 1.8% growth in consumer prices in 2019. The panel anticipates consumer price growth to remain modest moving forward with a 1.7% annual average gain in 2021. The panel projects a 0.5% increase in the personal a consumption Expenditures Price Index, this is a third measure of inflation from quarter four 2019 to quarter four 2020, significantly lower than the Federal Open Market Committee's 2% target. So again, the, the projection is 0.5%. This forecast is lower than the actual 1.4% increase in 2019. Panelists expect a quarter four or quarter four increase of 1.6% in 2021. The core PCE Price Index, which excludes food and energy prices is expected to increase 1% from quarter four 2019 to quarter four 2020. That is lower than the actual 1.6% year-over-year increase in quarter four 2019. Panelists expect a 1.5% year-over-year increase in quarter four 2021. So a little bit more inflation in 2021. The median forecast calls for the price of West Texas intermediate crude oil to average $33 per barrel in December 2020 and $43 per barrel in 2021. Average, the price averaged $60 in December 2019. Panelists expect corporate profits to contract by 13% in 2020 and to increase by 11% in 2021. So those are the highlights of the survey. Um, and now for... Oh, they also had a and a Q&A session where they said a few things. The average recession has been five quarters post-World War II. If there is no double dip this time, uh, this may be the shortest recession on record. Complacency with the pandemic suggests a second wave may be more possible. However, fear is still elevated despite things reopening. The savings rate is a good indicator of how fearful fearful people are. So, Because it's really high right now, people aren't spending and, and going places, but once things reopen... If things reopen and we don't see much of a down you know a downturn in the savings rate, then that means that people are still kind of fearful. But if we do see a big decline in the savings rate, then that might be, you know that suggests that people are spending more and not as fearful. The pandemic lockdowns are ushering in a digital transformation, and we could see less of an emphasis on city workplaces, which will affect other surrounding businesses now for tip number forty one on how to stay. Same saying during unemployment, tip number 41 falls under the fourth commandment, nope, this is the fifth commandment, uh, of be good to others. So the last two weeks was be, be good to yourself. Now we're in an, another commandment, which is be good to others. Tip number 41 is volunteer. Yes, uh, many, many places, many, many organizations, many, many areas, and many, many people need a lot of help right now. Not only from the pandemic and the lockdowns and the recession, job losses, income losses, but now recently with the riots and, and destruction of businesses and property. So, if you get a chance, get out there and volunteer. Um, there's an awful lot of need in society right now for it. And when you volunteer, it makes you feel good, you know. It makes you feel like you're, you're helping and you're contributing and you're doing something for other people for which you're not going to get paid back. I mean, that's that's, uh, that's real charity. That's all for today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and follow me. Please spread the word. You can listen to previous episodes if you'd like uh, for other tips on how to stay sane during unemployment. And tune in for the June 9 recording on which I will be discussing Small Business Optimism, Redbook Retail Sales, and Job Openings. This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist. Stay safe and stay sane. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.